Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Yes, there is one more game to be played, at least one more, before we can really define what kind of season this was. But it's the one game that was just played that's proving difficult to process. First, though, the who, where, and when the playoffs will begin. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 524, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealoux and Mike Jarecki. As I mentioned on Cardinal Talk, MJ, it was some great theater on Sunday, especially that fourth quarter. You're paying attention to Cardinal Seahawks. You're paying attention to what's going on in Los Angeles. It was certainly a mixture of emotions, if you will, especially early in that game. Cardinals take a great first step, get off to a fast start. Seahawks come back, tie the ball game up. Meanwhile, the Rams can do no wrong, jumping out to a 17-0 lead. And the talk on social media, hey, Cardinals, pull the starters, can't win the division. And then in a matter of moments, that second half begins. Cardinals catch fire, scored two touchdowns. 49ers catch fire. And all of a sudden, we've got two games, two ball games here to decide the NFC West. It was a lot of fun if you're a fan of either team and, of course, a fan of the National Football League. Yeah, and, and that's the beauty of, you know, lining those games up at the same time. And I think it happened in the morning based on some of the other teams more uh, that were jockeying for position. Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, we played some of the, the, the highlights or some of the calls and why Dave Pash is announcing a Cardinals touchdown. He's talking about another game, and it's part of the, uh, you know, the equation here. And uh, you, you were following it. I was following it. And it was Initially, it was 17 nothing, And then all of a sudden, like you said, the second half. And, uh, hey, it just seems like when those two teams play each other, um, you know, Give Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of credit because we didn't know if he was going to play. We didn't know if they were going to rotate quarterbacks. And, um, you know, he that's the reason why they went out and got that guy. What he was able to do in that second half and, you know, clearly, you know, they're, they're rolling from a standpoint. There's confidence. You know, they've won a lot of games down the stretch. And uh, you know now they got to face the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. But anyways, yeah, it was it was riveting just watching our game and then following that and then just going back and forth like okay, are the Cardinals the door is open. The door is open to win the division. And then you ever see that uh, that GIF where the door just gets shut <laughs> right in your face. <laughs> You mentioned Dave Pash. Props to him because it was fun to listen. Yes. And without the benefit of split-screen television, and if you're at the game at State Farm Stadium, maybe you're paying attention to 49ers Rams on your phone. But Pash did a great job of following both games the best he could. And, I'm gonna look, and then to cap off Week 18, Game number 272. You talk about theater. Raiders, Chargers, and how that game ended. And for the life of me, Bird Gang, it's the first time I think I've stayed up till the end of Sunday Night Football. 
And one, you just couldn't turn it off. And two, you had to see how it finished. And were we going to get that weird scenario where the game ends in a tie and both teams get in? Didn't happen. Raiders win. Steelers make the playoffs. But if you're Roger Goodell, all the executives in New York and maybe across the league, that was an unbelievable regular season. First ever 17-game regular season. And to have that finish on Sunday certainly gets everyone excited about what's ahead. Yeah, and and, and now the uh, the new season starts. You know, you hit the reset button and uh, the regular season's over. And, you know, we'll get into what's going to happen with the Cardinals and everything else. But, yeah, it, I, I don't recall. I maybe, maybe last year we were focusing on the Cardinals winning one game, you know, in week 16 or 17. But it just seemed like this year, and maybe with the extra game and all the situations with the COVID – there were a ton of teams left uh, where, you know, maybe you had to win a couple games down the stretch, but you needed some help. But there were like, I want to say 18, there were 18 teams going into the final week. Now, clearly you, you had 11 teams clinch. So that was another seven teams that were trying to get in. And the Colts were one of those teams and they ended up losing to the Jacksonville. So it was just fascinating. And yeah. Uh, I think is I think this is going to be great for the future. I don't know if we're going to have this many teams, but let's be honest, there was a ton of 500 teams in the NFL really likes parity because that's what they consider anybody can win any given Sunday. Before we dive into the 38-30 loss to the Seahawks, let's get everyone up to date on when the Cardinals will next play. And We've waited a long time for the postseason, yes. 2015, the last time this team was in the playoffs, and now we've got to wait an extra day. It's the last playoff game, Monday night football, 6:15 Arizona time, Cardinals at the Rams, ESPN, ABC, ESPN2. That's the one benefit of all this. We get a Manning cast. There is a Manning cast for this playoff game did not get it for the first time the Cardinals and Rams played on Monday Night Football. And, yes, it's another primetime matchup. So we're going to be talking later this week. Hey, haven't won on primetime. Beat the Rams in L.A. earlier this season. Can you do it again? So, yeah, Monday Night Football for the playoffs for the Cardinals. And and that's the first Monday Night Football when they come to uh, Super Wild Card Weekend. So, yeah, the, two games on Saturday, um, three games on Sunday, and the Cardinals, I guess, you know, depending on injuries, get an extra day or two. Um, might need it, too. True. Injury-wise, might need it. Correct. We're hoping some guys come back, but some guys obviously got injured in that game, too, so and maybe re-aggravated something. But, yeah, yeah, it's – it's you know, I always – I'm like, I like to play at 2.30 on Saturday. <laughs> Because if you win, you're just sitting back and you, you know you're figuring out where you're going to play next. And now we got to watch five games and then wait for the Cardinals game. But you know, listen, it was either going to be the Cowboys or the Rams. Um, there was a possibility, possibly the 49ers, if depending on who won the division. Um, third time, I mean, you know, people were talking about you don't want to play the Niners a third time. Well. We know what happened the last time the Rams played the Cardinals. They came in, they treated it like a playoff game, they were desperate, and they whipped them. And now the Cardinals went to L.A. and and beat them. Um, I remember that game where 
like in the fourth quarter, the Rams couldn't even stop the run, and they just they just checked out. They are ready for next week, and so yeah, no, we'll have plenty of time to get into that, and then the whole Matthew Stafford. But yeah, Kyler Murray, this is the first time he's in the postseason, and you know the national thing will be how is he going to perform on prime time, which all these games are really on prime time. You know, you're only ticket in town at the, each time zone, but hopefully the Packers game, the Rams game. Uh, Christmas night, ho- hopefully, and he, even going to Dallas. That was, you know, it was an afternoon game, but it wasn't quote prime time. But you still had the, you know, uh, obviously the nation watching with the number one crew. You got to hope that this somehow can carry over because the playoffs are just a different animal. Super Wild Card Weekend Saturday gets started with the Raiders at the Bengals, followed by the Patriots at the Bills. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Then Sunday, here's the triple header. Eagles at the Buccaneers, 49ers at the Cowboys, Steelers at the Chiefs before we get to Monday night, Cardinals and Rams. And we'll have a whole lot more time to discuss that contest. But by the way, just real quick, as as it just popped into my head here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Need to give props to Zach Allen. Not sure if you heard his post-game interview meeting the media. He brought it up. The breaking news Sunday night was Zach Allen had it first. He had the Cardinals and Rams on Monday Night Football. Casually mentioned that the rumor, his word, rumor was yeah, we're here in Monday night and <laughs> Zach Allen gets in trouble again because earlier he was asked about J.J. Watt. Yeah, I can't talk about J.J. Watt anymore. <laughs> I keep opening my mouth. Now he does it again, and he goes, he goes, yeah, here, here I am, getting in trouble once again. But <laughs> so the cat was out of the bag earlier, and it again, it's got a little, got a little time to wait, and and maybe that is a good thing. But let's kind of focus in on what transpired on Sunday, and I do think a missed opportunity, a lost opportunity. I'll say this right out of the gate. 11 wins, making the playoffs, great accomplishments. But it does matter how you're playing. might not matter how you get into the postseason, but it does matter how you're playing going into the postseason. And this team is not playing well, losing four out of five. That is something that I'm going to harp on all week long until we get something else to talk about because you're only as good as your last performance. And this Cardinals team was not good on Sunday. But what also I did not like, and Jane, correct me if I'm wrong because I can understand both sides, but this idea and the talk going into Sunday and the talk coming out of Sunday about winning the division and the dismissive nature on, well, we're in the postseason. Kingsbury postgame. We would have liked to have won the division, but we're in the playoffs. <laughs> wrong answer. Wrong answer. Because it's a discredit to what you have accomplished in front of your home fans to say, well, it doesn't matter. We didn't win the division. You had an opportunity. Didn't look good, but there was, as you said, the door was open. Cardinals very well could have walked through that door and hosted a first round playoff game. There are a lot of fans that support this team through thick and thin that want to be able to watch them live. A lot of people working behind the scenes for this Cardinals team that want to be rewarded with a home playoff game. And this team, yeah, they play better on the road, but you want to be at home for the postseason. And the Cardinals let that opportunity slip through their fingers. Well said. And Kingsbury was asked 
during the week. And I think, paraphrasing, what, what would it be like in your third year to win the division? And he kind of downplayed it. He said, you know, we're looking at the playoffs. And then Kyler Murray last night. Well, we're, we're just looking at the playoffs. I don't know how many times I can say this. Every team's goal going into the season is to win the division. You know why? You're guaranteed a home playoff game. Now, we didn't know the Cardinals were going to go 3-5 and five at home this year. Usually, you know, the Red Sea and you know, the false starts and, you know, um, you know when, when Larry was there, I mean, you know, different big plays, Jack. you know, everyone gets jacked up. And Steve Keim on Friday on, on um, Burns and Gamble, he, he said it's important that we reward the Red Sea with a home game. Again, um, it didn't happen. And then I know people are going to say, well, they're better on the road. Okay, that's fine. But, and granted, you're not traveling, you know, uh, to play Tampa or you got to go somewhere else. I mean, it's, it's a quick flight. Um, they're familiar with each other, but I'm with you, Craig. Um, I, I just, that's the goal for every single team. It, it, instead of, you know, uh, the worst you can be is a five seed and then you, 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 where, am I, where are you going, who are you going to play against. And, you know, we talked about not limping in the playoffs. Perception would have been if you beat the Cowboys and the Seahawks, well, you know what, you finish the season on a two-game streak and you're feeling better about yourself. So now you got to go back to let – me, let, me, let me say this first. People always ask me, you know, in the second half of the season – you think the Cardinals are going to win this weekend? You know what I tell them? Which team's going to show up? <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. I I am so, like, I don't know, not perplexed because the other team, you know, people will say Seattle wanted it more. I, I don't know about it. Kingsbury that. said that post game, And I, 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 I don't understand how, do they, how that can happen. You only have so many of these games in a regular season, let alone a postseason, how do you? How does one team? How does one person want something more when the goal is to both get to that destination? Well, I, I don't get that. Well, yeah, he he wasn't the only one, but obviously he's got authority when he if he, if he when he said that. But they we heard we heard from Kingsbury. They're treating this like a Super Bowl. The pressure was off them. They they played well the week before, and all of a sudden they got the running game going and looked like you know let Russ cook. But my thing was, we focused so much on getting the five best linemen that have played this year, and you know Rodney Hudson nine and two when he's he's a starter with Kyler Murray, and I was disappointed how they played. That was supposed to be the strength, you know, get back to running the football, play action, you know, and then defensively, you know, they really didn't want to talk about you know obviously the run, but. We knew it's 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 been an issue, but at certain points they've been able to get by with it. So to me, when it comes down to the game yesterday, it was about the trenches, and they did not win in the trenches. And then you know we can talk about the secondary when we get to the defense because there was too many guys running free yesterday. And you know, listen, it is what it is. Um, when it comes to Kevin Peterson, people don't realize that was a big loss. He's been playing well. He's got experience. And then they really targeted uh, Antonio Hamilton and Breon Borders as well. Breon Borders, yes, and, and you know he's obviously a guy that's still learning the position, and hopefully Breland um, can come in. But 
You know, he's only been here a week. So I, I'm just disappointed to where this game is one in the trenches, and they did not protect Kyler Murray, and I, he's running around again too much, taking sacks, throw the ball away, and just there was no complimentary football. Now it started off like that when they – I mean, you couldn't you couldn't start any better in that game. I mean, Chandler Jones, I don't know if he gets enough credit. This guy, he masters that strip sack, and then Zach Allen was able to pick it up and run for 14 yards, 16 yards, excuse me. I mean, you couldn't have started better. We always talk about a fast start. Look how they started in the third quarter. Start up fine, you know. It's just – I don't think it's a lack of focus. It's just they didn't match their intensity. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Let's dive into it because I agree with you. It was a game lost in the trenches and the disappointment. There's a lot of disappointment across the board. But how much did we talk about the offensive line getting everyone back together? Your five best offensive linemen, D.J. Humphreys, off the reserve COVID-19 list, Rodney Hudson back at center, moved Calvin Beecham back to his right tackle position, and you had everyone there, yet Murray sacked five times for 53 yards in losses. Minus 8, minus 12, minus 11, minus 12, minus 10. Now, how much of that was on the offensive line? How much of that was on Kyler Murray? The great coverage by the Seahawks defense, so it becomes a coverage sack, but minus 12, minus 11, minus 12, minus 10, that means you're backpedaling as a quarterback. You're trying to make something happen. And perhaps that's what you have to live with when you have a Kyler Murray as your quarterback. You have to live as great as things can be. The negative are what we saw on Sunday. Try to be a hero. You don't want the play to an end. You want to extend the play. Well, it cost Kyler Murray on Sunday and the offensive line is going to get beat up because sacks are a reflection of the offensive line. Without watching the game, it's a reflection of the offensive line. Now, D.J. Humphreys got a couple of holding calls. How healthy is he after missing some time being on the reserve COVID-19 list? But the fact that the offensive line, perhaps maybe for the first or second time this season, didn't hold up its end of the bargain. There's an expectation now. And they didn't meet the expectation that we have. According to Pro Football Focus, Humphrey a coughed up pressure rate of 15% on their first review, surrendering a pair of sacks as a unit. The line struggled in run blocking, and none of the starting five earned an above-average pro football grade. None of them. So, um, yeah, we got to consider the COVID, but, uh, I mean, it, it's just that – Beecham and Humphreys are they're they're really good tackles. And I guess you gotta I mean, I hate doing this, but that 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 front four, they were able to get pressure. And Kyler, he's gotta throw the ball away. You start talking about those sacks, we're talking about double like twelve, thirteen yard sacks. There's I mean, you're always it's tough to even get behind the sticks on a you know, a holding penalty, let alone maybe a false start penalty. Yeah, like I, that was that was the biggest disappointment to me because that was their best five, and they got pushed around. In addition to the sacks, how about penalties? Cardinals were penalized six times, all offensive penalties. Six and- penalties for 46 yards. So the sack yardage – 
the penalty yardage, that's 99 lost yards for this Cardinals offense. Timely penalties. Very timely penalties. And that's been an issue over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, I guess we overlook it when you win. Uh, but when you lose, you start looking at, okay, um, what is happening? And, and some of it's, you know, uh, obviously anytime you get a pre- or post-snap penalty, that's just mental errors. And, I mean, you could say lack of focus there too. Well, you had that holding call on Humphreys in the second quarter and then a delay game after time had been called. And how do you have a delay game? Well, it was on off, after an incomplete pass. That's Yeah. Like the clock is stopped. They reset the clock. Yeah, like th- th- there's little things like this. This shouldn't be happening at this point in the year. Now, again, they're human. They're not robots. But y- y- you just think that if you clean up some of these mistakes, we're having possibly a different conversation this morning. Problem is, though, MJ, we're having the same conversation week in and week out, especially offensively. Sacks, penalties, red zone again, an issue one of three with the one touchdown scored on a drive that started at the Seattle one. Cardinals are 6 of 17 over the past five games inside the red zone. And goal-to-go situations, fourth quarter, first and goal at the eight. Eno Benjamin loses four yards, two straight incomplete passes. Later, first and goal at the eight, passed A.J. Green for no gain. Incomplete pass. OPI on Ertz, incomplete pass. You're settling for field goals. And especially in the fourth quarter when you need points and in a hurry, this Cardinals offense, very methodical. Not a lot of sense of urgency, especially late in that ball game. For me, it's not all on the offense, but this team is only going to go as far as the offense takes them. Yeah, they hit 30 points for the second time in eight games. 23, though, the offense scored. Zach Allen accounted for the other touchdown. So 23 points for an offense, that's not good enough, especially right now with the way the defense is playing but just the offensive issues right now that is what's concerning going into the postseason yeah because that's where you can kind of hang your hat now again they weren't going to put up 400 yards and 30 points but yeah I mean it's how should I say it it's it's to where they're shooting themselves in the foot not being able to sustained drives now they had they had three drives over 10 plays each so time of possession was there they had they had so many many more plays than the um the Seahawks had it was but again at halftime they were only averaging 2.9 yards per play the thing is they're not getting um chunk yards down the field a lot of it's dink and dunk and that just because Kyle is running and there's really not a lot of time for him to throw and he's got a you know, move out of the pocket a little bit. So it's it's a combination of are the receivers getting separation? It's fair. I mean, I know Hopkins isn't coming back. Right now he's not. So they, you have to get over that. And it, it's just – and then, you know, Connor gets hurt. And, and then, you know, you're thinking, okay, they miss Chase Edmonds. So I just hope they can get healthy because that one-two punch – that's when this team was rolling, and Kyler was a luxury when it came to running the football. Cardinals lose 38-30. to You mentioned the extended scoring drives. 19, 14, and 14 plays 
all sounds great. Time of possession, Cardinals had the ball for better than 35 minutes, but all three of those extended scoring drives ended with field goals, and that's a win for the defense. Yeah. Yep, exactly. And we're, and we're talking about taking time off the clock, so in other words, you know, defense can rest. Yeah, and that's been an issue um, probably over the last month, the red zone. You just went through some of the numbers. And then third down, you got to convert on third down to extend drives. If you're going to dink and dunk, you're going to these why that's why they're going through 14 plays because they're not getting those big chunk of yards. And then when they get down there, the offense gets stalled in the red zone, and it becomes more difficult for a team to be successful on nine, ten, eleven, twelve play drives because now you need perfection, and any little slip up, all of a sudden. You're either behind the sticks or you're forced to do something out of your comfort level. And we believe it was, wasn't Kurt Warner mentioned once upon a time that defenses keep everything in front because the defense is going to believe that you can't go on extended drives of 10 or more and be successful, maybe once or twice, but not for an entire game. Warner always told me, he said, you know, it's nice to go on these 10, 12, 13 play drives. He said you need at least – Three, three first downs, and you hope that you don't get a penalty. And he said, if I can get one 20 to 25-yard play, it flips it. It's one chunk play. All of a sudden, you're not just throwing you know, a five-yard pass and hoping the guy can break a tackle. So that's why that's I'm fixated on, on average per play. If you're only averaging 2.9, you're – a, he's not getting time to throw, or B, the receivers aren't, aren't getting separation. And so Kyler's got to figure out, do I run? But it's difficult when you go on these long – it's great if, you, if you're playing against a really good offense and you're keeping the other offense off the field. But you have – the thing is, we'd be having a different conversation, Craig, if we talk about a 19-play drive, touchdown. We talk about a 14-play drive, touchdown. We talk about the other 14-play drive. And the last two um, drives were 14 plays and 14 plays ended up in field goals. If they, if they, Let's just say two out of three get touchdowns, we're having a different conversation. So, yeah, I mean, it's great to, to, to possess the ball and go on those drives, but you have to score touchdowns. You cannot afford field goals. 72 plays the offense ran. Yeah. 4.2 yards per play. So from 2-9 in the first half, overall 4.2 because they obviously were able to move the ball more in the second half. By comparison, Seahawks, 57 plays, 7.6 yards per play. And that goes back to, you know, uh, obviously Lockett had two touchdowns. Russell Wilson threw touch, two touchdowns. He ran for one. Um, yeah, that, that that's the difference in the game right there. I mean – I think they're making it harder on themselves than they need to by, you know, not being able to score. And that wasn't an issue early in the season. This team was scoring 30 points a game. The turning point before we switch it up to the defense, Kyler Murray brought this up on post game, and it was in the third quarter. Remember, the Cardinals come out of the gates. Kyler Murray, a 20-yard touchdown pass to James Conner, who broke a tackle, leaped into the end zone. And at that point, you're like, wow, James Conner, he's back. He's healthy. Tied it up. Four minutes into the second half, 17-17. Jalen Thompson with the interception. 
takes it down to the Seahawks one yard line. James Conner punches it in, and at the 9:25 mark of the third quarter, Cardinals had a 24-17 lead. Defense gets a stop, does its job. Complimentary football on four straight possessions, two offense, two defense, and then the offense goes three and out. And Kyler Murray brought that up because it was a running play, James Conner, nine yards. Second and one, Conner stopped for no gain. Third and one, Kyler Murray incomplete to A.J. Green. Andy Lee has to punt the ball. A three and outs that perhaps flipped this game in the Seahawks' favor because after that, the Seahawks had three possessions. They scored touchdowns on all three of those possessions. Cardinals never scored another touchdown after that moment. Yeah, and and normally Andy Lee's been automatic, but it, it appears that they were getting pressure. So if he, if he's seen something with his peripheral vision, clearly he's going to take the eye off the ball. I don't know if that happened, but um, he had, he had to make a split decision. Either you you run in the end zone for a safety, which now you have to punt the ball to him. He tried to get out of traffic. I knew I, I had a good angle on it from where I was sitting in the press box next to you. And he, if he could have taken one or two steps, he would have tried to boot that. Maybe it only goes 19 yards. But he got caught from behind. So that second guessing is a split decision. But we, we normally don't see that from um, Andy Lee. And, and, again, special teams is something we don't focus on unless something goes wrong. But they were getting pressure from the outside. So I got to think that he – a, may take his eye off the ball, or he felt rushed because he knew that they were coming. And that's the worst place to be when you're punting. All right, let's switch it up here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals lose on Sunday, the regular season finale, 38-30, to and the defense. And, yes, there are a lot of issues with this team on the defense side of the wall, but I'll repeat what I said earlier here. This team is only going to go as far as the offense takes them. And the defense has played great all season long, but now they're getting hit with injuries, especially in the secondary, and it's costing them. Now I say that, and I agree with something Jalen Thompson said post game. Doesn't matter who's on the field, who's not. If we're going to believe in this next man up mentality and praise players when they come in and perform as a backup, now all of a sudden turn starter, then we can't now sit back and say, well, no Marco Wilson, no Robert Alford, Kevin Peterson gets hurt. What were you going to expect? No. Sorry. If the players, before we can even say it, say no. Whoever's on the field, the standard is the standard, next man up. Well, someone needs to step up on this defense. And you look at how the game started. It's the only time Russell Wilson was sacked in the ballgame. Now, there were a handful of times where he slipped through the fingertips of a Chandler Jones or Marcus Golden or Devon Kennard, and that's the elusiveness of Russell Wilson, which makes him so difficult to bring down. But you needed to bring down Russell Wilson because he was picking apart the secondary. And now it's that string that you talk about. Is it the pass rush or is it the secondary? And when you don't have two of your top three corners, you need to be able to get pressure on Russell Wilson and then you have mistakes and players who not are not used to being on the football field not maybe knowing exactly what they're supposed to do and then you have Tyler Lockett running wide open and 
blown coverages for touchdowns. That, I don't know. The only way you can correct it is keep working on it, but that's what scares me going into the postseason as far as this secondary and the number of chunk plays that you brought up. Seahawks had nine of 20 or more yards. Cardinals had three. Now, let's get back to Breon Borders. Next man up, I mean, I, I, I don't disagree with that. But he's been here how long? And, yeah, you're right. There is a limit to how far down the depth chart you can say next man up. He has been here, because has not been I say seen ne- on defense. Excuse me, yeah. I'll say, you know, we say next man up, Kevin Peterson. Yes. He's been here. This guy, I, I mean, they were just trying to fill a spot. And that's why they went out and got Breland. And hopefully he's going to be active because this is what they got a, a veteran corner for in the play in the postseason. And hopefully we don't know the latest on Alford. We don't know the, the latest on Marco Wilson. But Borders was just thrown out there because of Kevin Peterson getting a concussion. I mean, and they targeted him, but they really targeted Antonio Hamilton. They went after him. And, you know, just looking at some of the numbers from Pro Football Focus, I mean, Hamilton saw eight passes thrown into coverage, three or more than any other player, and double the number of any cornerbacks. He allowed four catches for 63 yards, a score, giving up a first down or a score on three of the four catches. They targeted him. They would have been. They would have targeted twenty-one if they had more. Um, you know, I, I guess at that point they figured that we're going to target him. And then Byron Murphy was, you know, trying to cover some other guys. So I, 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 I get the next man up, but this guy's been here for two, a week and a half. You're right because next man up is the immediate backup. But when you're now looking at your sixth cornerback. That now all of a sudden puts him in a disadvantaged position, and you know the opposing team, we talked about it, there's someone either on the sideline or up in the booth. Whenever a brand-new number enters the ball game, all of a sudden it's like a magnet. Russell Wilson, all right, 21, all right, I don't care if you have good coverage or not, you're not going to beat my guy nine times out of ten. And that's what happened. And same thing with Antonio Hamilton. So you can try to scheme it up. Cardinals were able to do it against the Cowboys without Marco Wilson and without Robert Alford. But, yeah, Breon Borders playing more than he perhaps was needed. I mean, he was needed, but playing more than this team probably ever expected him to be on the field for. Well, honestly, uh, I think he was active as somebody got hurt. I didn't anticipate him playing. I don't. I don't even know if he played on teams. I mean, I can look it up, but I'm just saying in general. I mean, normally you got to play on teams if you're, a, you know, a, a backup uh, player. But I, my thought is, are we going to see this guy at all? Eighteen defensive snaps, six on special teams. Okay, and so on the, Sunday, and that's how you got to. That's how you get a roster spot. Now the thing is, I think Antonio Hamilton has been a nice addition. But what what when I when I mean by that that's because you had Robert Alford, you had Brian Murphy, and then you had Marco Wilson. So now he was the fourth corner. Now all of a sudden he's two or three after Kevin Peterson goes down. So he's basically two, and I think Hamilton's been a nice addition. But all of a sudden when you move up that depth chart, you got to cover DK Metcalf, you got to cover Tyler Lockett. Yeah. So I mean. Um, it, it, what's interesting is 
the secondary was the strength pretty much the entire season. And then injuries start to – and then, let's be honest, I mean, Marco Wilson hasn't played up to par. I mean, teams are targeting him now. Teams are targeting Byron Murphy. And it's the catch-22. You getting pressure or, you know, because – it's it's tough in this league for these guys to cover. They're supposed to plaster coverage, and 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 I I I understand what Jalen Thompson is saying because that's what you're taught. You're taught next man up. There should be no drop off. But we know that next man up only works at certain positions and only so far down Correct. the depth chart. Yeah, you can you like when they won without Byron Murphy and um, and Marco Wilson. That's one game. Here it's it's been a downward spiral effect where it's affecting the entire secondary, and that's where Buddha and Jalen Thompson have to do a lot more now. So if you're Vance Joseph and you're looking at this film, and it's not great film to watch, 431 total yards by the Seahawks, most allowed by the Cardinals this season. 202 rushing yards gained by the Seahawks, most allowed by the Cardinals this season. The fifth best third down defense going into that game, Seahawks went 8 of 12, including 6 of 8 in the first half. Vance Joseph, the decision now, and his coaching staff, how do you overcome perhaps Marco Wilson is available this week? Maybe Robert Alford is available this week. What's the latest on Kevin Peterson, who is being evaluated for a concussion? What, what do you do because it's on the coaches to scheme it up and then the players to execute yeah, well, again, I mean, okay, let's take a look at uh, Breland. He's only been here a while, but what does he have? He has NFL experience, and he's got good size. And according to Vance, he picked up the defense. So um, nothing against, um, you know, Breland and Borders. Uh, I, I got to think we're going to see Breland as a, just because he's got experience. He wasn't ready. And, you know, like I said, going into that game, I think they were hoping three corners would stay healthy and they didn't have to use that fourth corner. But I think Breland has to be a part of the equation here, just from an experience standpoint. Just, And, again, he's only been here a while, but he has experience. He's played against NFL teams and quarterbacks. I mean, it's not like he was on the street for a while. He was in Minnesota. Um, so, But, but he, again, he, they got to get some of these veteran guys back. You know, nothing against Marco Wilson, but I got to think that they would target him once he gets back here, just because he's he's a rookie. No, that's the secondary as far as the front seven is concerned, and the run defense. What Rashad Penny did was spectacular: 190 yards last week and 190 yards this week, 8.3 yards per carry. Run defense has been talked about; it's been debated all season long there have been some highs there have been some lows last week was an incredible high holding the Cowboys to a season low 45 rushing yards yet one week later the Seahawks pounded a hundred and excuse me 202 rushing yards on this Cardinals defense well he's been a terror for weeks now and he didn't stop yesterday he finished with 190 rushing yards as you point out 163 Craig which came after contact and with you know with the 62-yard um, late run to extend Seattle's lead, um, but this guy's been on a tear the last few weeks, so that shouldn't have been a surprise. And and, and you know I, I want to say he's a free agent because I think they try to up Chris Carson. So yeah, I mean it's 
you kind of knew they were going to run the ball, but I, I would I would have 190 yards. That's a lot. 59 yards in the first half, 131 yards in the second half. He averaged almost 11 yards a carry in the second half, and even gaining yards and big chunks of yards when the Cardinals knew exactly what the Seahawks were going to do, and that was run the football to try to run out the clock and maintain possession of the football. So whether that's, and it's a not a great phrase, but I don't know how else to explain it, gap integrity, guys freelancing, not doing what they're supposed to do, taking bad angles, bad decisions over pursuing, and this is across the board, young players, veterans, it's not pretty, especially when all of a sudden there are these wide open lanes. That 62-yard run in the fourth quarter, no running back should have a 60-plus run on a defense in the fourth quarter. Yeah, and you look at his last five games, 90 carries, 654 yards, six rushing touchdowns. I mean, I guess when the, the way I look at it is because we go back to, well, they're not giving up 175 yards on the ground. It's usually about 120, 130. But that was a backbreaker, that 62-yard run. That was a backbreaker because you could see that they, they the Cardinals were on their heels versus being on their toes. You're looking for another stop. Matt Prater just kicked a 30-yard field goal, make it 31-27 with 6.14 to go. Seahawks had the ball, and the Cardinals just need one stop to get the ball back. First play, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, 11 yards. Second play, Penny, two yards up the middle. And then on second and eight, up the middle again for 62 yards. And for all intents and purposes, the game was over at that moment, 38-27, with 4.34 to go. Yep, yep. And and and, and that was a backbreaker. And, and they scored, I want to say, three touchdowns in the last 17 or 18 minutes of the game. Three touchdowns. And the Cardinals are kicking field goals. That was the difference in the game besides, obviously, um, not being able to, to convert on third down and not being able to score in the red zone. Not a, not a great performance by the defense, yet I'll go back to how we kind of began this discussion of Week 18 against the Seahawks. It's the offense. They need to get it corrected. Now, the defense has its own issues, and, yeah, you try to fix things there as well, but the offense needs to get back on track. It's the head coach. It's the quarterback. They're the ones that run this offense and it's on them to figure things out and make this not a one-and-done situation in the postseason because you know exactly what the narrative is going to be, MJ. You lose in the first round of the playoffs. Well, now you're 5 of 6. You've lost 5 of 6 after a 10-2 and two start. It's great, 7-0, and 10-2, oh, and two, but 2021 is going to be remembered how this team performs in the playoffs. Yeah, and, and, and just something that came to mind. Um, how about when we start talking about the secondary, the blown coverages? I mean, that 25-yard pass to S S Freddie Swain. Swain, yeah. The Cardinals didn't cover him. It looked like Simmons and Hamilton were both chasing Metcalf. That should not happen. If you, if Now, I don't know if they're playing zone or man-to-man -man because zone is you have corners, uh, you have space. Man-to-man, -man, 
Uh, you're playing basically you're trying to press guys at the line of scrimmage, and I don't know if you can press DK Metcalf. And in the way they motion Tyler Lockett, you, you would think they're playing more zone. But you, you had two guys chasing Metcalf, and the other guy's just blown coverage. Again, that it happens, but it shouldn't be happening at this point in the year. But when you have young players out there, it's going to happen. It is very, very difficult here as we speak on Monday, immediately after Week 18, to feel confident about this football team going into the playoffs. You look at everyone else, all 14 teams, the only other team that is limping into the postseason, the New England Patriots have lost three of four. Everyone else either is going in on a winning streak, winning in Week 17, or if they didn't win in Week 17, i.e. Packers, Eagles, they at least won two in a row beforehand, three out of four beforehand. There's some momentum. There's some positivity. Here for the Cardinals, it's very difficult to find that, to feel that. And as fans and people that cover the team, that's all we can go on. We are judging them based off what we see for 60 minutes on Sundays. And for the last month and a half, one quality performance, the Dallas Cowboys. And I thought once they once they um, clinched a playoff berth, yes, they, they didn't take care of business like they should have. I thought, you know, maybe the pressure is off and now you just go out there and play free. And they showed that in the Cowboys game. And I was hoping there was carryover, you know, because – you know, if you win these last two games, you're like, okay, we got some momentum. We found something. Now, it was a good quality win against the Cowboys, and then you come back here, and, and again, three and five at home is not gonna not not gonna cut it. And and, and now all of a sudden, we have more uh, questions and answers going into this first uh, playoff game. I like the matchup, though. I mean, I, I, maybe I'm just you know familiar. We're familiar with that team, and you know Matthew Stafford. Um, you know. He's a good quarterback, and there's a reason why they went out and got him. But I, st- I still think we match up with them. Now, are, are, is that the team that played in week four, or is that the team that got throttled at home? Again, the only thing I can go by is for some reason they play better on the road, but there's no guarantee if you don't play complimentary football, if you turn the ball over and you let them, you know um, – I don't think their running game is as good as the Seahawks. I mean, Sonny Michelle's done a nice job. Cam Akers is back now. Cam Akers is back, but he's coming off an ACL, and he's kind of limited snaps, but he is an option. It's more about their weapons and how Sean McVay calls the game. That That's what it's going to come down to, and then their defense against the Cardinals' offense. We'll leave you with this bird gang, Kyler Murray, postgame. Quote, the mood of the team? I think everyone realizes it's a new season. Really nothing in the past matters at this point. You have to go 1-0. It's one and done. I think the guys understand that. End quote. And let's hope that's the case, MJ. Because it's easy to say flip the switch, turn the page, clean slates. I get all that. We're going to hear it all week long. For me, though, it's not very inspiring on what we've seen out of this football team. We get a lot of emails from the NFL Network just kind of promoting um, their different shows. And yesterday, one of their topics was, can the Arizona Cardinals trust Kyler Murray in his first trip to the postseason? Unquote. That was a narrative on the NFL Network over the weekend. 
knowing that they're going to be in the playoffs. It's different in the playoffs. And yes, they have experience on this team, but this is this this is going to be even amped higher than playing on Monday Night Football, playing on Christmas night. And we'll see how this team handles it, not so much just the quarterback, but the team as a whole. Because if they win this playoff game, oh, all of a sudden, you know, hey, listen, what's the next matchup? And it's all it takes is one game, but we know that. It's just – let's be honest here. We just wish they were playing better down the stretch. Exactly, and that's what we'll talk about when we have our another conversation here this week when we maybe are able to – turn the page, wipe the slate clean, if you will, midweek when we really start talking about Super Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, I mean, uh, the regular season's over, Craig. Now it's about the postseason. And granted, yes, they got out to a great start. Um, they're not playing as well. But they are one of 14 teams, and, and that's the big picture. That was the goal. Uh, obviously, the goal to me is always to win the division. Um, it's not ideal. And, uh, you know, look, I'm glad you mentioned the Patriots. You would think Bill Belichick's teams don't lose in the month of December. Well, they may be one and done at playing the Buffalo Bills. It doesn't mean it, it – I'm not I'm not judging that, but uh, if you're not playing good football and you're not playing complimentary football, it's tough to win in the NFL. I don't care what your record is. On that note, Bird Gang, we'll kind of let this simmer. We'll try to – recollect our thoughts and start focusing on playoff football because it has been six seasons since this team was last in the playoffs. Craig, the regular season's over. Let's move on. On that note, we will. We will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.